0: Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to ToledoCalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. If you have your Bibles, why don't you go ahead and turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 6 today. 2 Kings chapter 6, and uh, we are at the last day of 2017, right? We had, yeah, somebody starts to clap, and a guy on the front row in the other service he, he just said amen like he's glad to see it go I can tell you this I've talked to my sources and the information that I have says it has now reached seven degrees can I get an amen and uh, gives a whole new meaning to the phrase frozen chosen those of you that are here today and uh, so glad that you're here welcome those of you that are watching online or in auditorium too as well just so glad that you're here 2017 what a year for some of you it was a great year Maybe you had some pretty notable things happen. Maybe there were were births or graduations or weddings or promotions. Maybe you got a new house or had a big birthday. There's something that you will always look back on 2017, and you'll smile. I'm thankful for our 2017 um, Christmas services that we had last week. We had over 2,800 people who showed up. We had multiple people in every service raise a hand to receive Christ as our Lord and Savior. Yeah, you can clap for that. That's awesome. It was Just great. Thanks to everybody that took part, our teams that were part of hospitality and kids ministry and worship teams. Just so many people that helped to make it happen and just want to thank you um, for a great weekend. 2017 was an interesting year, wasn't it? You think of all the just unique things that happened. We got a new president. We had a solar eclipse. We had a lot of hurricanes, both both domestically and globally. There were all kinds of acts of just senseless violence, things that you look at. And for some of you, 2017 maybe was a tough year—job challenges, passing of a loved one, health difficulties, financial challenges. We we come to this point. I guess the question I'd ask you is, how are you viewing 2018? I suppose for some of you sitting there, going, "Here we go, another New Year's sermon. We did this last year, right?" <laughs> and you're probably thinking, you know, it's just a, it's just turning a page on a calendar. You're just you're just changing things. Tomorrow's just another day. And there's a lot of truth to that, and yet, uh, really, though, God has designed life to, to happen in rhythm and in seasons. And it's good for us to take times to kind of stop and slow down, and, and the new year gives us a, an opportunity to take inventory of our lives a little bit and, and ask ourselves a question. See, about a year from now, on December 30th of 2018, we'll probably be here again, many of us in this same room, and somebody will stand up here, I'm hoping it's me, and we'll ask you the same question. What are you going to do with the year that's ahead of you? What kind of year do you wish you will have had when we come to this point a year from now? I have this tendency, just me personally, I have this tendency that when I go into a situation, I go into it with preconceived ideas. I think I know how something's going to go. So when I try a new restaurant or I meet a new person or I have to step into a meeting or I have some kind of new experience, I've already decided in my mind how it's going to go. Anybody else? else? Do you know what I mean? And it's not always positive. I, I, don't, I don't mean I'm a pessimist, but I just, I'm always, you know, sure I'm right. Anybody else? <laughs> you know? And I know how it's going to go as I'm walking into this thing. And I've, and I've learned that if I go into it with negative ideas, I usually end up at the end with negative ideas, or it takes an awful lot to turn me around, and I end up wasting time. Can you relate? So here's what I've learned. I've learned I'm better off when I'm setting into something new to say, God, would you help me with this? Lord, help me to have the right perspective. Help me to have the right insight. Lord, help me to have the right um, ideas about this thing so that I don't waste time, so that I can make the most of it, so I can go into it. And what I found is that God helps me in those times. And I think the same thing could be true about this new year. How are you praying about this new year? What is it that you're saying, God, as I go into 2018, how can you help me to make the most of this? What can you do... Through me, how can you help me to see what you want to do as I go into this new year? So my question is, how are you praying about 2018? And today I want to look at four scriptural prayers. We're going to look at a, at a, at a story out of um, the book of Second Kings, the life of Elisha in Second Kings chapter six. And the story is going to give us some principles, and then out of those principles, we're going to talk about some ways that we can pray as we go into this new year. And as we do that, I know that maybe all four of them might not connect right with you, but I'm pretty certain that at least one of these ways that we look at is somehow going to connect to where you are in your life, the season that you're in, and hopefully help to give some focus or perspective as we go into this new year. So let's start there. Second Kings chapter six. Let's let's read this together. The company of the prophet said to Elisha. Look, the place where we meet with you is too small for us. Let us go to the Jordan where each of us can get a pole and let us build a place there for us to meet. And he said, Go. And then one of them said, Won't you please come with your servants? I will, Elisha replied. And he went with them. And they went to the Jordan and began to cut down trees. And as one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. Oh, no, my lord, he cried out, it was borrowed. And the man of God asked, where did it fall? And when he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick and threw it there and made the iron float. Lift it out, he said. And then the man reached out his hand and took it. Really, really interesting story. If I'm honest with you, I've read this story kind of time and time again. Um, I can remember hearing it in Sunday school as, as just a little kid. And it's one of those stories that you kind of look at out of Scripture and go, well, that's interesting. Weird. It's a weird story. But it's interesting, kind of a novelty kind of story that talks about the, the power of God and how he worked through prophets. And, and One of the things that you might be thinking as you go into this next year is, I'd like to be able to understand more about what I read when I read the Bible. If you're like me, I'm there. I've been there. And, and things like just as, as basic as like we get to that part and it talks about the company of the prophets or it talks about being by the Jordan River and different things that you go, I don't, I don't know what that means or how do I figure that out? We're going to have a, a, a seminar that we're going to offer on Saturday the 13th. It's going to be called Experiencing Jesus. And if you've ever said, and, and this, this doesn't re- require rocket science in any way, if you've just said, boy, I wish I could understand my Bible better when I read it, I would strongly encourage you to come out on that Saturday morning. Our guest is going to be Dr. Wave Nunnally. Dr. Nunnally is who, when, when a group of us from Calvary about a year ago went to Israel and did a tour of the Holy Land— He's the one that led our trip. When I was in college, he was one of my professor's And he dramatically, his teaching dramatically affected the way that I read and understand scripture. And we're going to have this opportunity to kind of introduce him to you as well. If you've ever said, boy, I wish I could understand my Bible better. I'd I'd like to read more. I'd like to understand more about how the, the nation of Israel, how the lands of the Bible fit in to understanding scripture, how the history of the Bible fits in to understanding scripture. Don't miss that Saturday morning, 13th. Um, It's free. There's more information in the Calvary News. You can sign up online or or get information online, but we'd love for you to be there. And it helps in moments like this when you look at a passage and go, how do I figure this out? One of the things that's interesting here in 2 Kings 6 is it mentions the company of the prophets. Who was that? It it was like a school where people would come together and they would want to learn from someone who was their teacher. So so the the prophet Elisha was the mentor. And these individuals had come around him and said, we want to learn from you. We want to study from you. We want to grow spiritually from you. And so they were in this place of spiritual learning and mentorship. And Elisha was their teacher in this passage. We're going to look at four different principles that I want to see here and show you some ways to pray. Four prayers for a new year. Here's the first one. Number one, let's talk about praying for expansion. Number one, let's talk about praying for expansion. Now this this word expansion I think is going to be an important word for us as a church because we're going to get into the book of Acts and, and starting next week as we kind of watch the book of Acts move forward for almost the rest of the book as we continue in the book of Acts, you're going to watch and see the expansion of the church how God moves the church to new places, how the church grows, how God's heart is to reach more people, and you see this expansion happen. So we're going to see it in the book of Acts. You're going to see it, I believe, in some things that God has in store for us as a church in the new year, and you see it in this story. Go back to this uh, verse 1 of 2 Kings chapter 6. Let me read it again. It says, the company of the prophet said to Elisha, look, the place where we meet with you is too small for us, Let us go to the Jordan where each of us can get a pole and let us build a place there for us to meet. And he said, go. And then one of them said, won't you please come with your servants? I will, Elisha replied. And he went with them and they went to the Jordan and began to cut down trees. Now, I think the reason why this this story jumped off the page to me when I read it recently had to do with this idea of expansion. Because like I said, I'd heard it before. But when it got to that line when they said, this place is too small for us. That, that kind of rang true with me. Like we're in the process down on the other end of the building. I think many of you know we're doing a renovation where we're getting more space in particular for our early childhood classes because we were out of room because the space that we had was too small for us. And if you've been here at this service, and you can even notice today, we fill up in this room pretty quick at 10 o'clock, don't we? In fact, some of you come in here before 10 o'clock with your game faces on, because you are getting your seat. Can I get an amen? Right? Okay, yeah. Because why? Because the place where we meet is, is getting too small for us. So this idea of expansion, and we're beginning to think about that, pray about that, do some planning as a church. What will it mean for us to, to grow past that, to, to, to have some expansion? So this idea struck me, and I think this is really important, because it's not just true as the church, but let me ask you a question What's too small in your life? What is it in your life that God would look at that or you would look at that and you would say, this this area of my life is too small. And maybe God in this new year would like to bring some expansion to you. Maybe it's in a physical way. Maybe it's time for there to be some kind of change in your life, something that needs to be built or expand or grow somehow in your life. Maybe it's in a relational way. Maybe your circle of relationships is too small. Or Maybe it's it's too shallow or maybe it's too fractured and it's time to repair some of those relationships that in some way God's speaking to you and saying it's time for some expansion in a relational area in your life. I think for all of us, it's probably true in a spiritual way, including myself. I'd say there's a lot of times when my faith is too small when I want a, a better walk with God, when I want to know Jesus more, and I look at this next year and I say, that's one of the ways in which I want my life to expand. I really do believe that in some way or another, for all of us, God wants 2018 to be a year of expansion for you. So those verses that we just looked at, let me, let me pull a few principles out of there because I think there's some interesting truths here for us to see. One is this. Growth brings expansion, and expansion brings growth. Growth brings expansion, and expansion brings growth. Well, let me tell you what I mean by this. Uh, maybe the best analogy comes just even in the, the sense of our own family. When Ron and I first got married, we were still in, in college, and we were, we were living in this tiny little mobile home on the campus of the college. And then we found out it wasn't going to be just the two of us anymore, that someone else was coming. And so we said, we've well, we, we got to live somewhere different. So then about that same time we moved, and so when we moved to Milwaukee, we, we got an apartment that had more space. It had more room. Then we moved into this townhouse that was there that we were renting. And then we moved to Toledo, and we got something even a little bit bigger, and then eventually said, you know what? We need a house of our own. And so we, we bought a house, and then we did that. That was our home. And then there were more Gilligans that kept showing up, right? And so with that, you're like, okay, we got to rethink this Till eventually we, we kind of said we, we're growing out of this house. We need, we'd like another bedroom. We'd like a bigger yard. I'm praying for another bathroom. And so we, we bought another house right? Because that growth forced us to a place of expansion. And as we were growing, we had to think about what that would take. What's interesting about that is when you expand, then you have to grow. Because with each step, I had to learn something about owning a home. Because when you own a home, instead of renting a home, no one comes over and fixes it for you. Have you noticed that? Like, it's your own deal. You got to do it. So that expansion meant I had to grow personally. And those two things go hand in hand where growth brings expansion and expansion brings growth. And, and let's think about this for a moment because expansion does not always mean new and bigger. See, my analogy is, is going to fall apart at some point because at some point, Ron and I may start talking about downsizing. Does that mean a retreat? Does that mean that we're not expanding anymore? No, I hope what that means is that the resources and energy we have, we can direct in different directions so that God can continue to open up new things for us. It doesn't always mean bigger and new. It may mean that we just say, God, what is it that you have for us? You should view expansion as when God gives you opportunity. And he says, I I want you to, to step out in this direction. I want you to do this because when we expand, we grow, and when we grow, we expand. Maybe it's time for us to pray a prayer like this one that's in 1st Chronicles chapter 4. It says Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, "Oh that you would bless me and enlarge my territory, let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so I will be free from pain." And God granted his request. That's a pretty powerful prayer, isn't it? And so the, the situation was that the company of the prophets knew they needed to grow. And so they say it's time to expand. And do you remember the words that they said? They said, look, this place we're meeting is too small, so get ready for this one. Let us go. <laughs> it means where we are, we're going to have to leave, and we're going to have to go somewhere else. Know this, that expansion expects change. That if, that if God's going to expand something in your life, if, if he's going to trust you with something more, there's going to be something different that happens. In all of those seasons, you have to know that there may be change. You're going to have to move to get there. And as soon as I tied the word change with expansion, some of you said, no thanks on the expansion. Because <laughs> I don't like change. I don't want to change. That's enough for me to say, I'm not interested. We looked at a passage a couple of weeks ago, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, Look what we read there. It says, "But we all seeing the glory of the Lord with unveiled faces as in a mirror are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord." It says, "Look, we are supposed to be in a place where we are growing in our walk with the Lord, where we're becoming more like Jesus, where we're experiencing more of his presence, and we can go from glory to glory." How many of you would sign up for more glory in your life? Anybody? I'd take a little more glory. Do you know how it works though? It says that you go from glory to glory, and to get from one glory to the other glory, you might have to leave one glory to get there, which means there's a little glorious gap of change in between that we do not like. You've been there? And it might be necessary to go through a season of change to get from glory to glory. And look, I don't, I don't particularly like change. I, I don't like the uncertainty. I don't like the instability. I don't like the not knowing. It takes away my spiritual gift of being a control freak. I don't really like change that much. But I know this, I've had to learn to love and embrace change because it's only through change that God can bring that expansion and that new and, and that, that, that blessing that he wants to bring into our lives. And if you tell the truth, every time you get in your car to go somewhere, you experience change, don't you? You have to leave where you are and you have to go somewhere in between to get to that place you're trying to go, our lives are filled with and actually require change. So what in your life needs to change in 2018? Is it habits? Is it relationships? Is it your priorities? Because your priorities are really important. The the things that you focus on will define you. Go back to the story for a minute because it says... That they said, hey, this place is too small, so let's go to the Jordan. The resources will be there. We can build this thing. Elisha, what do you think? And Elisha says, go. Go ahead, do it, guys. One of them comes back and says, hey, Elisha, can you please come with us? Because we, we want you to come with us. And he says, sure, I'll go. This is really important because if they had gone as Elisha's students and built this wonderful campus but Elisha wasn't there, wouldn't they have missed the point? Like the priority wasn't to build this great building. The priority was to expand so they could experience more of their purpose, and this is really important for us to keep in mind. We cannot lose sight of why God has put us here in the first place, the purpose that he's given to us. The place must never override the purpose. The place that God puts you in must never override the purpose that he's given to you. The place must never override the purpose. You could say it this way. We cannot let the blessings of God become more important than the God who blesses. You you cannot let the blessings of God, and this is tricky, become more important than the God who blesses. I've I've been reading through the Old Testament this year, and as I'm I'm reading, I've been amazed at how over and over and over again, there's the same pattern of how God blesses his people, and then his people begin to rely on his blessings more than they rely on him, and that becomes their downfall, and how over and over again this cycle happens, and it's a warning to us. Let me give you one example of this. There was a king in the Old Testament near the end of the book of Second Chronicles named Uzziah. Uzziah was a good king. There was a lot that was wrong, and he worked hard to make it right. He wanted things to be right between God and his people, and God blessed him in this. Look at this. 2 Chronicles chapter 26, verse 7 God helped Uzziah against the Philistines and against the Arabs who lived in Gerbal and against the Munites. The Ammonites brought tribute to Uzziah, and his fame spread as far as the border of Egypt because he had become very powerful. That's a good thing, right? God helped him, it said, and he became very powerful. Who made Uzziah powerful? Help me. Who made him powerful? God did, right? Okay, so we see this happening here. Watch what happens in the progression, though. Go to verse 15 of 2 Chronicles 26. It says, In Jerusalem, Uzziah made devices invented to use on the towers and on the corner defenses so that soldiers could shoot arrows and hurl large stones from the walls. His fame spread far and wide, for he was greatly helped until he became powerful. Do you, you see the shift there? God helped him. He became powerful and then when he began to rely on his powerfulness, things were not quite the same. He didn't have help in the same way because he stopped looking for help in the same way. That was verse 15. Go to verse 16. But after Uzziah became powerful, his pride led to his downfall. He was unfaithful to the Lord his God. And Look, this happens all the time. It happened in the Old Testament. I think it happens in our lives that we ask God for something. Lord, would you bless me in a certain way? Lord, would you, would you bring expansion to my life? And then God brings that, and then we begin to rely on what he gave to us instead of relying on the one who gave it to us in the first place. Does that make sense? And so this is, this is very significant for us to note because once that happens, then things begin to fall apart. God calls you to a place, and he calls you to that place so that you can fulfill his purpose and when the place is titles or things or people or security and they become more important than the purpose of God a relationship with him his presence in your life obedience to what he says that's when things fall apart we must be careful that we worship who we pray to and not what we pray for we have to be careful that we worship who we pray to and not what we pray for look i've i've watched this happen in people's lives People pray for God to bless their business, and when he does, we lose sight, and our business becomes our God. I know people who have prayed, Lord, I just asked that you'd send me a spouse, and then he sends the spouse, and the spouse becomes more important than God. I know people who have prayed for financial stability in their life, and God brings that to them. He brings them blessing, and then they throw biblical principles out the window once they feel like they're in a place of security. This is really important that we don't miss this, that that the purpose of God is more important than the place that he calls us to, that we keep our focus on him when we pray for expansion. One other thought that's really important here. Expansion comes with effort. Expansion comes with effort. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 23 says this, All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. So before we go any further what what are you praying for in 2018 what is it that you would want from God how would you want for him to expand your job your school your family your opportunity your resource and then I guess the question is what are you going to do about it you say I want to get out of debt I want to know God more I want to repair some relationships I want to help others I want kids who are healthy and strong physically and spiritually. I want to invest in my family's future. I want to study to prepare for my future. I want to make decisions today that I'm going to be thankful for tomorrow. The the big question is this, then, what are you doing about it? What effort are you putting towards that expansion? As you look at 2018, what kind of prayer are you praying to say, God, this is what I'm asking from you for this year that's ahead. And it's a great thing for us to think about how do we want to expand But here's something that's really important for you to know. That when you take those steps to start to expand, there will be unexpected things that happen. Here's the second way I'm going to challenge you to pray for this new year. Number two, and for some of you, this is right where you are. Number two, praying through the unexpected. Praying through the unexpected. Back to the story, 2 Kings chapter 6. As one of them was cutting down a tree... The iron axe head fell into the water. Oh, no, my Lord, he cried out. It was borrowed. Like that that passage of Scripture may seem pretty minimal, but it's a big deal because unexpected things happen. And and not not that he did anything wrong, it just happens. Let me give you a for instance. If you're a homeowner, you know this. You ever looked at a project at home and said, oh, I can get that done in 15 minutes. That's nothing. How often does that work out? There's always something else that goes wrong. You You just don't see it. And I want to impress Rhonda. And I'm like, hey, no problem, baby. That'll take me 15 minutes. And then she doesn't see me for three days, right? Because I didn't know I didn't have the right tool. I didn't know it was rotten underneath. I didn't know I'd have to do that too. I didn't know that that was broke. Besides that being broke, there's always something more. You can always expect that there's going to be more wrong than what you think. Sometimes cars break down and computers crash and storms come. Sometimes you wake up in the morning and it's three degrees. Been there? I mean, sometimes things just happen. Sometimes your axe head falls in the water and there is nothing that you can do about it. And this was bad. It was bad because the head of that axe was made of iron, which is heavy, right? <laughs> Does not float, goes in the water, sinks to the bottom. And iron in that day and time was, was relatively rare and expensive which means that that was not a cheap tool. And the dude that lost it, it wasn't his. It was borrowed. You ever had that experience? You ever broke somebody else's stuff? That's a bad feeling. But it goes worse than that. It was expensive, and it was borrowed, which means he's got to pay back the guy who it belonged to. And remember, this kid's going to Bible college. He doesn't have any money. How's he going to pay this back? And the problem is that in that day and time, he couldn't go and take out a loan. He couldn't just kind of go to rent an axe. You know what he'd have to do? He'd have to say, look, I owe you this money. So what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to be your servant until I can work enough to earn enough to pay you back. This was going to be a major derailment in his life. So he's not just freaking out because he... He drops somebody's tool. He's freaking out because this has incredible ramifications for him. Know this, that the unexpected will come at times in our lives. Here's my encouragement to you. Expect the unexpected. There's going to be times when you're going to experience things that you did not plan on. I'm not, I'm not saying that you need to be a pessimist. Like, I know those people. You know Eeyore? You know what I'm talking about? It's always bad that's about to happen. I'm not saying that, I'm just saying this. When bad does happen, don't freak out. It's going to come your way. And in those moments, when it happens, we put our trust and we put our confidence in God. Some of us, and I think this is a big deal, when bad things happen, a lot of times we tend to think that we did something bad. And then we start to kind of give up. Look at what Jesus said, Matthew chapter 5, verse 45. He says, he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Did you get that? Everybody will have sunny days and everybody will have rainy days and everybody will have frozen days, in Toledo anyways. It's going to happen. And it doesn't mean that you did anything bad. It doesn't mean you did anything wrong. These things will happen. The question is, what do you do when they do happen? You have to deal with what comes your way. You cannot let it paralyze you in that moment. You have to deal with the shock, the frustration, the disappointment. Go through the the stages that that brings. And look, I don't want to make light of anything that somebody's been through because we're just talking about a guy whose axe fell in the water. But in your own life, you can look and go, this is what came my way that I did not expect. And I'm going to tell you that if you're going through it, it is real. That death, that breakup that disappointment, that frustration, and you may be looking at a circumstance that you know it's, it's not coming back, at least not the way that it was. And those moments can leave you frustrated and disappointed and paralyzed. My encouragement to you is that if you're praying through the unexpected, that you're just, be careful that you just don't, don't stand right there and have what I would call, based on this story, the riverbank blues, Where you stand there on the bank of the river, and you just stare at what you lost. And you're just stuck there. And you never look past that that thing. Your loss is real, and the pain is for sure. But if you just stand there on the bank of the Jordan River just looking at what you've lost, nothing's going to change. And you're going to stay stuck in that moment. And here's what happens. You know what happens to your feet the longer you stand on the bank of the river? The more they get wet, and the more you sink in, and the more you're stuck. And you deal with those riverbank blues, but you don't stay in that place. At some point, and I know it's easier said than done, but at some point, you have to go, how do I move past this unexpected? How do I move past this place where I am? Now, look, I don't know what you're facing, and I don't know what you've lost, and I don't know what God's got in mind to bring hope and peace and joy and some restoration back to your life. I just know this, that unexpected things do happen in our lives, and when they do, we can trust to Him, we can look to Him, we can put our confidence in Him in those moments because challenges will come, and how you respond in those moments is very significant to the trajectory that your life is going to take. So if you are in one of those praying through unexpected times... Let me encourage you as you go into this new year to put your confidence and trust in God because what's interesting here is that guy didn't stay standing there on the bank of the river. He cried out to someone who could help him. Lord, it's fallen and it's borrowed. We gotta do something about this. He didn't just stand there. He cried out to Elisha because he knew Elisha knew a God who could make a difference. And in your moment of unexpected, call out to the God can make a difference. Why is that? Third thing, number three, a third way that I challenge you to pray, number three, praying for the miraculous. Praying for the miraculous. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 6, let's go back to this. Remember the the guy's axe is falling in the water. He says, Lord, it's it's borrowed. What do I do? And this is what happens, verse 6. The man of God, Elisha, asked, where did it fall? And when he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick and threw it there and made The iron float. There's a few things that are really important for you to notice out of this. You've got this guy who's just one of the company of the prophets, who happens to be the guy that that loses this axe. Now, we don't know if it's the only one they have. We don't know every situation that's taking place here. We just know that he's just one guy with one issue, with one problem. And yet, the whole story, and we don't even know his name, the whole story revolves around him. Here's why because God cares about our challenges. When you face a challenge, when you face a tough search, uh, search, you ever read one of those? Yeah, I know you have. Um, God's there, and he cares, and he wants to help us, and he's with us, and there are moments when you look at your life, and you feel like it's underwater, and it's good for you to know that there's a God who can change things, who can make things different, and he cares about you. Luke chapter 12, this is what Jesus says. He says, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. The God who created and controls all of nature knows everything that's going on. He's there to care for them, and he cares more about you. I remember when I was just a little kid I went to a concert with my family and I remember I've I've told this before but I remember with the opportunity to meet the guy that that did the concert and I remember just kind of standing there in awe and this this big man who had just been up on the stage looked down at me this little kid and called me by name said hello Chad I just remember like wow he knows me and afterwards I remember we were walking away and I said to my mom I was like how's he know my name and she said, oh, honey, you're wearing a name tag. <laughs> and I'll do that from time to time. Like if I meet a, a little guy or girl out in the atrium after church, they usually have their name tags from going to class, and I'll call them by name. You watch their eyes light up like, how's he know my name? Why? Because our names are powerful. When somebody knows us, calls us, especially somebody who we look to, there's this amazing feeling of I have value. Look, God doesn't need a name tag to know your name. He knows who you are, and he knows your circumstance, and he cares about you, and he knows the challenge that you're facing, even if nobody else knows it. And when you trust in him, when you put your confidence in him, he's right there with you, and know this about your challenges. Not only does God care about them, but challenges are opportunities for miracles. The challenge that you face is an opportunity for a miracle. Realize this, that if that guy's um, axe head had not fallen in the water we would never even be telling this story, right? The reason we tell this story is because he faced a challenge and God was there and helped him on the other side of it. And I've got to remember this, that God's limits are not the same as mine. I look at a circumstance and I usually see the limits that are there and I have to learn to trade my freak out for faith because my natural response is just kind of freak out. And instead, I need to put my confidence and my faith In God, so what do I do? If you're in a spot and you're looking for God to do the miraculous, what do you do in that place? Here's an encouragement miracles accompany information and not ignorance. This is good for you to know that miracles accompany information and not ignorance. Did you see what Elisha did here? The guy calls him over, and Elisha goes over, and the first question he he asks is Where is it? Where, Where is this thing that you lost? That's important because I think Elisha needed information to know what he was praying for, what he wanted God to do. Here's one of the things. If I was Elisha, I'd have walked over and said, where is it? Because it could just be right there in the shallow part, and you just need to say to the guy, pick it up, will you? It's starting to rust. Take care of this. Sometimes it's just something that needs done. Other times you need that information so you can know exactly what steps you need to take and how God wants to move things forward. So Elisha asked these questions. I've known people who have looked at a tough situation in their life, and they've said, oh, God will just take care of it. God will just fix it. God will just do it. And I think there's times when God says, yeah, I'd like to, but I need you to take care of it first. I need you to do your part, to be responsible, to move forward, to act towards that miracle. There are times when God wants us to take steps. Here's why, and I think it's really important for you to know, preparation precedes blessing. If you want God's blessing in your life, it's important that you prepare for that blessing. And then make yourself ready for him to work that miracle in your life. Let me give you a a for instance. Two chapters before this, in in 2 Kings chapter 4, there's this story where one of the guys who was in the company of the prophets, he dies. He's a student of Elisha's. He dies. He has a wife and children. And his widow comes to Elisha and says, how am I going to do this? My husband's dead. I have no resource. What am I going to do? We're, We're all going to die because we don't have anything. Elisha says, well, what do you have? She says, I've just got a little bit of oil in my home, which was a, a commodity that everybody needed in their, in their homes. And he's, she says, I have just a little bit of oil. She says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to all your neighbors, and I want you to get some pots. Ask them if they'll give you some, some different vessels. Give them some different pots. And then what I want you to do is I want you to go back to your house, and then I want you to fill up those pots with the oil that you have. That's impossible, right? Lots of pots, little oil. How is this going to work? Look at the story. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 5. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought her the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, Bring me another one. But he replied, There is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. couple of things. Can God do the miraculous? Can God do impossible things? He can take nothing and turn it into something. God can do that. Can God meet your needs? And do you think this was powerful for this woman to realize that God was right there with her and would provide for her? One other question. When the oil stopped flowing, do you think she'd wish that she'd ask for more jars? Do you? Yeah. Because when the jars were gone, that's when the oil stopped flowing. The blessing you will receive is in part due to the preparation that you put into it. And so if you'll do your part... If you'll make yourself ready for the miracle God wants to bring, that's when he can work that out in your life, and God can do amazing things. So what are you praying for in 2018? What in your life is underwater? And you need to ask God to miraculously step in, which leads us to the last thing. Number four, I challenge you to be praying for faith. Number four, praying for faith. 2 Kings 6, verse 7 the ax said floating, right? Lift it out, Elisha said. And then the man reached out his hand and took it. There, there was a partnership that was there. It wasn't enough for God just to step in. At some point, this man had to step out in faith and reach for something that was there so that he could receive the thing that God had for him, which reminds us of this. There is no faith without action. If you want to see God do something in your life, if you want to move forward in this new year, if you have things that you're hoping for from God in this new year, there is no faith without action. And so if God's calling you to take a step of faith, then you have to act on that. Listen to this, this passage of Scripture, James chapter 2, verse 20. James says, you foolish person. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar You see that, and watch this, I I love this, this, this language here. You see that his faith and his actions were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. Faith and actions working together. If, if I say to Rhonda, if I, if I say to our kids, hey, I love you, but then I don't do anything to show them that love. If, if I don't go out of my way to express that, if, if just the opposite, if I'm just kind of mean and cold to them, have I really shown love to them? If I, if I say to myself, I'm thankful for that thing, but then I never take steps to show gratitude. Have I really been grateful? Yes or no? If I say I trust in God, but then I never take a step of faith, Do I really trust him? It's only when faith and our actions work together that we really have taken a step of faith, which leads us to see this, that that expansion you're praying for and that unexpected thing you're you're praying through and that miracle that you're asking God for, those things are only gonna, you're only gonna have that kind of year in 2018 if you take that, that step in that prayer of faith. That you reach out. The language that's here is so significant. It says, lift it out, Elisha said to him. And then the man reached out his hand and took it. He had to take the step of faith. See, expansion and action go hand in hand. And so if you're asking God for something more in your life, you're probably going to have to do something about it. You're going to have to act in some way. You're going to have to reach out somehow. Because that expansion, that action, they go hand in hand. Because think about what it was like for this guy. He's standing there. Axe heads in the water. Elisha comes over, asks some questions, throws that stick in the water as God, I believe, directed him to, and then it begins to float, and Elisha says to him, there it is, go and get it. Now, we already know that it's not in a shallow place, right? So for this guy to get it, he's probably going to have to wade out. This is, this is my kind of piecing things together. He's probably going to have to wade out into that river, isn't he? Now, I don't know what time of year this was, but I've been in the Jordan River twice it's cold. Like for this guy to go out there, he's, he's going to have to get wet. He's going to have to get cold. He's going to have to be inconvenienced. He's going to have to take a, a step into something that's uncertain that's there. He's going to have to move out into that place so that he can reach out and take that thing that's floating. And in his mind, you know what he's thinking? How is that floating? And he's going to have to reach out and take hold of the impossible And it's going to be cold, and it's going to be sharp, and he's going to have to be wise about how he does it, and it's going to be heavy as he brings it back. But at some point, until he puts himself in that place, he's not going to be able to receive the blessing that God has for him. Does that make sense? And so for some of you, the thing that you really need to do as we go into 2018 is you need to reach out, and you need to put yourself in a place where you say, God, I will move forward. I will take that step of faith in the way that you're directing me. And so I'm going to invite you just to bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. And and as you do, I want to ask you to respond in a certain way. And I don't know exactly where you're at or what you're facing. But I'm going to guess that for many of us, we're praying one of those four prayers. And today I'm going to ask you just to take a simple step of faith. And then I'm, I'm going to walk us through just real quick those different prayers. And if that's you, I'm going to ask you just to stand where you are. That's all I'm going to ask you to do. We're not going to move We're to do anything different. I'm just going to ask you to stand and just kind of take that step of faith to say, God, as I go into 2018, th- this is the expectation that I'm putting in my heart as-, as I turn the page on this calendar and into the new year. And so if you're here today and and you know that you are praying prayers of expansion, that you're asking God for something new, that you're asking God to to open up new doors of opportunity or, or God to bless you in new ways or bring restoration in some way, you're praying a prayer of expansion for 2018. Would you just stand right where you are for you, for your family, for your business, for your school, whatever that circumstance is, you're praying a prayer of expansion. Just stand right where you are. How about this? Maybe maybe you're praying through the unexpected. You didn't expect to be in this place at this time. And even in the midst of the disappointment and the fear and the hurt, you're saying, God, I I need you to come alongside me in this season. If you're praying through the unexpected, why don't you stand just right where you are? That's you. It's, It's a tough season. I didn't sign up for this. You're praying through the unexpected. Maybe you're praying for the miraculous. You're you're asking God to do something that in the natural does not seem possible, but you know he's the one who can bring that restoration and that healing. He's the one that can do that thing that doesn't make sense, but he can do it. And you're asking him for that today. Would you just stand where you are? You're praying for the miraculous. One last last thought. You're saying, God, I'm gonna need faith to do this. Lord, I'm praying that you would help me to take that step of faith, to reach out. If you're praying a prayer of faith, why don't you stand just right where you are? God, I need your help in this. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you're you're standing, even if you're not, but if you're standing, can you just put your hands in some kind of posture, either receiving or reaching, whatever just seems kind of natural to you. But just just as that guy in the story had to reach out and take that thing from God, um, you're doing the same thing and saying, God, I'm putting myself in a position. Lord, we come to you today, and we thank you for your word, your word that speaks hope to us, your word that speaks confidence to us, Lord, your word that speaks peace to us. Lord, in some of us, you're calling to pray prayers of expansion in 2018. There's new things that you want to do. Lord, may we look to you. May may the places where you send us never override your person or your presence or the purpose that you've called us to, as we put our trust in you. Lord, my heart's breaking today for some of us who are in seasons that are unexpected. We we didn't plan to be in this place or experiencing these things. But Lord, in this time, you can bring your peace. Lord, I I pray for those who may be standing on the the bank of this this river in their life and and they're, they're kind of dialed in at what they've lost. I pray, Lord, that you would help them to begin to see what you want to restore in their lives. Lord, we pray for those that are believing for miracles. God, that you would do the miraculous in our hearts and in our lives and in our church. And Lord, help us to take steps of faith. As a church, may we trust you with the things you have ahead. As families, may we believe that that your blessing and your direction are coming our way. Lord, as individuals, even, even in those seasons when it seems like we're underwater, Lord, may we have faith to reach out and take that thing you have ahead for us. Lord, thanks for your word. Lord, I pray that you would allow these truths to sink into our lives and be reminders of who you are and how you work in our lives. Lord, now as we pray, as we go from here, that you'd go with us. Lord, would you send us out with your special favor and with your wonderful peace. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for being here today. Have a great week and a happy new year. We'll see you next Sunday.